0: Welcome to This Week in Brattleboro History,
1: produced by the Brattleboro, Brattleboro Historical Society and
2: the Brattleboro Area Middle School.
3: History can be complicated. It's sometimes hard to get a clear sense of the real facts of the story. Biographies, history books, and newspapers present certain points of view and they can contradict one another.
0: People are complicated and can do good and bad things at nearly the same time. As a society, we are trained to look for heroes and villains. We want narratives to be simple. We want idols and scoundrels.
4: While researching local historical people, we have found this to be true. In the mid-1800s, Clarina Nichols was a champion for women's rights and African-American rights. However, her publishing history also indicates she had a bias against Native Americans.
2: Another hero and villain from the past is James Fisk Jr. From the Civil War to the Gilded Age, Jim Fisk was a crook, but he was also a benefactor to many of the less fortunate. Neither person was a complete hero or a villain. They were both human and had strengths and shortcomings.
5: It seems to be that way with Levi Fuller as well biography of Levi Fuller, written in 1896, two years after his death, says that he was
4: one of Vermont's best-known public men and an esteemed citizen of the state. Governor Fuller made the most of his opportunities in life and was a self-made man. In
5: 1841, Levi Fuller was born in Westmoreland, New Hampshire, and his family moved to Vermont when he was four. At the age of 13, he went to work full-time in the printing trade and then as a telegraph operator. While still in his teens, he traveled to Boston to train as a machinist and returned to Brattleboro when he was 19. In
1: 1860, he began working for the SD Organ Company as a mechanical engineer. The Civil War began and he decided not to enlist or participate in the war effort. He continued at the SD Company and was given more responsibilities. In
2: 1865... Levi married Jacob Esty's only daughter, Abby. Less than a year later, he was made vice president of the Esty Organ Company and oversaw the manufacturing department. During Fuller's time at Esty, the company grew into a world leader in reed organ manufacturing. He was an inventor who turned his ideas into a hundred inventions that appeared on patents in Washington, D.C. Many of these patents were valuable and earned Fuller and the Esty Company a great deal of money.
0: With profits from his inventions and the organ company, Levi Fuller helped found the South's oldest historically African-American college, North Carolina's Shaw University. He was a religious man who was very generous to the Baptist Church, and he organized the quasi-military Fuller Light Battery. The Fuller Battery eventually became a part of the Vermont National Guard, and Fuller was appointed a colonel in the Vermont Guard because of his support of local militias.
1: In 1880, Fuller became a state senator from Wyndham County. In 1886, he was elected lieutenant governor, and in 1892, he was elected Vermont governor. He served one term and then returned to the SD company. Many of these accomplishments would cause people to believe Fuller was a good man.
3: On the other hand, a Wyndham County newspaper, the Londonderry Sifter accused Levi Fuller of being a bad person. The editor of the paper, George C. Shanks, was a frequent critic of Fuller. In
2: 1886, Shanks wrote, that he had worked for Fuller for a number of years, and believed that Fuller was dishonest and a crook. He accused Fuller of poor management of the Brattleboro Sewing Machine Company, and stated that Fuller had only taken others' ideas and used them to claim patents for himself.
5: Shanks also wrote that Fuller only did the right thing when he thought people were paying attention, and often did the wrong thing when he thought he could get away with it. An example written in the Londonderry Sifter Stated that a man who had worked at SD Oregon for 13 years died suddenly and Fuller claimed he had stepped up and paid for the man's funeral and burial.
1: The paper's investigation showed that Fuller had not paid for either event and had pressed the local town government to pay for these things as the man did not have any money saved for his funeral or burial. Publicly, Fuller continued to state that he had taken care of the man's final costs, but it was not true. The paper published how Fuller was lying, and three weeks later, Fuller stepped up and actually paid for the funeral and cemetery costs after being embarrassed by the paper. In 1892, Shanks wrote that Fuller
4: is one of the hungry gang of spoilsmen who make politics a trade and a stench in the nostrils of decent men.
0: The Londonderry Sifter wrote that Levi Fuller was a self-promoter looking to buy the governorship and represent the powerful railroad barons at the expense of the people of Vermont.
4: Shanks used the 1886 train bridge collapse over the West River as an example. Two men were killed and many more were injured when a locomotive engine, a passenger car, and seven loaded freight cars fell 40 feet into the West River. The owners of the Central Vermont Railroad did not want to pay for the replacement of the bridge and tried to force the towns along the West River to pay to rebuild the bridge. Levi Fuller sided with the railroad company and not the individual towns.
1: The sifter also pointed out Fuller did not serve in the military during the Civil War, but stayed working at the SD Organ Company. After the war, Fuller spent a great deal of time attending military gatherings and presenting as if he had served in the 16th Vermont Regiment during the war. George Shanks thought this was dishonest and disrespectful to the men who had served and the families who have lost loved ones during the war. As the paper stated,
4: He is a complete sham, for the simple truth remains that Levi Fuller, though a full-grown, lusty youth of 19 years when the war began, remained quietly at home and out of harm's way.
2: The Londonderry Sifter also accused Fuller of being a politician who would not take a position on an issue until one of the rich railroad barons told
4: him what he should say. The paper wrote, He'll talk for hours without imparting a ghost of an idea to his hearers or giving the slightest clue to show which side he is on.
3: Locally, Fuller was opposed to bringing electricity to Brattleboro's business district. The SD company was run on coal-fired steam, and he saw no reason why other businesses should use other sources of power. Fuller also opposed a public trolley system and worked for years to stall its establishment in Brattleboro.
2: During these years, the Republican Party dominated the state, and the sifter was quick to point out that Fuller received 30% fewer votes in Wyndham County than the previous Republican candidates for state. State-wide office. The sifter uses low voter turnout as evidence that Vermonters who knew Fuller the best did not support him.
0: After Fuller's death in 1896, there was a move to rename Canal Street after the former governor. The proposal was to change the name of Canal Street to Fuller Avenue. This idea was easily defeated by local voters and was seen by many as another example of how Fuller was
1: not well liked. So was Levi Fuller a good person or a bad person? If the evidence of time is to be believed, he may have been a little bit of both. He may have been a complicated person with good and bad intentions intertwined. History and people can be complicated.
5: Thanks for listening to This Week in Bradborough History. Much of the information for this recording was researched by the students of the Brattleboro Area Middle School. The Historical Society will take over these recordings during July and August.
1: Have a nice summer! Please
4: join us next week for another story from our community's past.